Whether you have a diagnosis or not, I don't care. I'll teach you how to find what's causing your health concerns using the labs you already have. Your doctor might tell you your blood work is normal, but I'm here to teach you a better way. If you're a doctor or a health coach and anything in between, there's one for you too. Go grab your free blood work and supplement sheet guide so you can learn how to read your labs yourself. Plus, come join me for the free three-day live what your normal labs really tell you challenge every fourth week of the month with the last one in May. Download your cheat guides and register here at drkylieburton.com. This podcast is sponsored by Systemic Formulas and Nutribiome. Systemic Formulas, the supplement company I trust with my patients and family. In fact, when I discovered Systemic Formulas, not only did my patients get faster results, but it made my life easier too. Instead of ordering from a handful of companies, I use 95% SF products. They're top of the line quality with the best lab west of the Mississippi. They're pure, potent, and they get results. In fact, I recommend you follow their Instagram at Systemic Formulas Institute. Jump inside their Facebook group and put my name into the search bar. You'll discover multiple videos of me teaching you labs, products, and even business tools. Everybody can join the Instagram, but practitioners, the Facebook group is just for you. Also, the man who's behind the Systemic Formulas products, Dr. Shane Morris, is launching a new line of supplements designed to take your microbiome to the next level. And it's not just probiotics. He has specific prebiotics designed to feed the probiotics. Oh, and anybody can order them too. Learn more and order soon at mybiome.com. M-Y-B-Y-O-M-E.com. And last but not least, are you a practitioner looking to improve your online presence, but it's overwhelming thinking about building a website, connecting it to a funnel, and then having it all actually make money? Let Tara help you take your dream and make it a reality. She's been the driving force behind my entire website and mastermind, my entire online business. Tara can help you build yours too. She's got brand new packages designed to help you grow your business and future-proof it. With over 20 years of experience in the online business consulting and website mastery world, she's your girl. Go check her out at TaraConsultingInc.com. That's T-E-R-R-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G-I-N-C.com. All right, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie. We are into season four, over a hundred episodes. And thanks to you listeners, it's done very successful, impacting many lives. If you know of somebody who needs to come join us, definitely tell them about it. And the best compliment you can give me is a review. So jump inside your favorite listening avenue, shoot over a five-star review, and this will only help the masses turn their normal labs into answers, healing, and hope. Today's episode guest is Dr. Samuel Shea. He is a DC like myself, but also trained in functional medicine. In fact, he and I are very similar. We don't adjust. We haven't adjusted in years. Functional medicine is our thing. He practices functional medicine 
specifically for busy, health-conscious moms and entrepreneurs who want to obtain and sustain high performance so that they can create more freedom for themselves and others. Dr. Samuel is a genetic expert, and that is today's topic. So I can't wait to dive in. He has a special presentation for us. If you haven't seen the video, find it. It will be on Legrity TV. If you're listening to the audio, listen closely. Here we go. Thanks so much, Kylie. So thank you for having me. Uh, Today's topic is going to be the three genetic types for losing weight and figuring out which one you are. And the reason I got to this is that when I worked with moms and entrepreneurs, one of the common things that people struggled with is stubborn weight. And what I found in my genetics testing was that there were three types of genetically based weight losses, and they require three different approaches based on the type of genetics you have. So when someone has an inflammatory water weight based genetics, they require one set of protocols. If they have a hormonal toxic weight issue, then they require a different set. And if they have a caloric fat weight, which is the one most people think they have, eat calories and put weight on, then you need a different protocol. And a spoiler, the caloric fat weight is the least common weight issue that I see. It's actually the inflammatory water weight. So for people listening, uh, I've authored a, a free ebook called Your Missing Genes, a revolutionary guide to understanding your ideal diet, uh, optimizing weight, and how to uh, stop the clock from the effects of aging. That ebook is for free at drsamshay.com, D-R-S-A-M-S-H-A-Y.com. I'll uh, be in the show notes as well. Awesome. And I've got another ebook as well on functional medicine and biohacking. And also, I do stand-up comedy as a hobby. And so there's a link uh, if you put in my name into YouTube, Dr. Sam Shea Comedy, or you're watching this presentation, I have a bit.ly link there. You can enjoy some stand-up comedy. And I talk about all sorts of fun stuff. And it's I, I, I love stand-up comedy. And I'm using it as not only a way for fun to just talk about things, but it's also to educate. I have a variant of Asperger's. And so I have a three and a half minute clip in stand-up comedy talking about what it's like to have Asperger's and what app I wish us Aspies all had would make our life a lot easier. So that's a little tease for people. So Rodi mentioned who I help, busy health conscious moms and entrepreneurs want to obtain and sustain high performance so they can create more freedom for themselves and others. And, and why do I help moms and entrepreneurs? You help mom, you help the family, you help entrepreneurs, you help the world. I was raised by a busy, not so health conscious mom and entrepreneur. And she, by her own admission, um, I mean, we have a really great relationship now, but back then it wasn't the best. And she admits that she made some not best decisions on my behalf. And so my way of paying it forward to help future me's is to support the moms and the entrepreneurs so that their families and their businesses can thrive. And that means that the children of those moms and entrepreneurs are, have a much better uh, growth environment. And I, what I notice when I work with moms and entrepreneurs is this, this common habit, this common challenge, this yo-yo weight phenomenon, the eat one little thing and gain one to three pounds in a day. Uh, it feels like puffy weight. The muscle tone or definition gets washed out. The weight goes up and down with your cycle, feeling swollen, being asked if you're pregnant. And then there's this exercise paradox 
for some people, the more they exercise, the fatter they get, or the more they exercise, the more washed out their muscles get, or the more tired they, they feel really tired after the 90 minutes after exercising. So if, if any of these apply to you, uh, you may have an underlying genetic incompatibility with your current lifestyle that doing proper genetics analysis will identify how you can shift your entire lifestyle to match your genetics. Now, I have something I call the muffin test. The muffin test is that you eat half a muffin or most of a muffin, and you put on one, two, three, four pounds in that day. Now, unless that muffin was last year's re-gifted Christmas fruitcake, it didn't weigh one to four pounds, right? So what happened? It's not the weight of the muffin that put on the weight. Here's what happened. You eat the muffin and all the inflammatory components, whether it's the conditioners, the preservatives, the gluten, the sugar, the what, whatever else is in that thing, it triggers an inflammatory response to which you have an exuberant genetic response to. So you over-inflame compared to the regular population. You have an overabundant inflammatory response. And what happens is that the body, because it's now swarmed with all these toxic inflammatory chemicals that can do real damage to the cells and tissues, intelligently retains a whole bunch of water in the spaces between the cells, the interstitial fluid, to do what? Dilute the toxic inflammatory chemicals. To do what? Buy the liver and kidneys time to filter out the toxic inflammatory chemicals to spare your cells and tissues from being damaged. That's why you swell up with this puffy water weight, one to four pounds like that, when you eat this little muffin. And if that sounds like you, you're very likely have this genetic profile I'm talking about of being over inflamer, which means that more exercise and restricting calories is not necessarily the thing you need to do. And for these people, over exercise can actually trigger, if they, they reach this kind of invisible point where exercise becomes pro inflammatory. And that's why they're not losing weight when they're exercising so much. In fact, they may get appearance fatter or their muscles get washed out for the same reason because water is being retained, washing out the muscle tone. Yes. So this is what I've presented at genetics conferences on is this like over this paradox of the more you exercise, the fatter you get. And for people listening to this is you or you know someone, this is soul crushing. I mean, do you, do you want to talk about demoralizing? The more you exercise, the fatter you get. That is utterly demoralizing. And I'm telling you right now, there's absolute hope. There's absolute science. There's absolutely a way forward to resolve this. Of course, it's more than just weight. It's, that's just the thing everyone can really understand and, and kind of connect to, whether it's for themselves or others. But if you improve your inflammation control in your whole body, it's more than just weight will be helped. It'll, it'll you know, cardiovascular health, long-term brain health, your, your ability to think, your ability to be creative, your ability to enjoy life, all of those things will be helped as well. So with genes and weight, uh, I'm going to show you this one paper. This is out of Australia. This was called Weighing It Up, Obesity in Australia. May 2009 did a massive study, and they found that genetics contributes to 70% of people's weight. Lifestyle was only 30%. 
So if you know your genes and then you cater your lifestyle accordingly, then you can really efficiently drop the weight into a healthy weight range. Um, this is just a quick disclaimer, you know, knowing your genetic predispositions is incredibly important, but really it's important to work with a professional in your genetics. I don't endorse just running some genes through some company and then putting it through some algorithm that's really kind of simplistic and it's not personalized. And there's some problems that can come with that, which we'll discuss later on. If people want the long form version of this discussion, my ebook on genetics is available, drsamshay.com forward slash genetics. And at the time of this recording, I still do free 15 minute consults for qualified participants. If they just go to my website and fill out the form on the contact page, and I can chat with you about your individual situation. Now, my background, I was very sick as a child. From age six, my mother and father had a nuclear divorce in which me and my sisters were caught in the blast radius. And I Oh my gosh, that is like the best way to ever explain. Thank you. A, yeah. What did you say? A nuclear divorce and you were caught in the radius of it? Blast radius. Blast radius. That is caught in the blast brilliant. Radius. Brilliant use Thank of you. words. The uh it's it's uh Wordplay has been very therapeutic to deal with trauma, <laughs> to put it lightly. How can you poetically describe something in a way that is so accurate, it's actually amusing? Yeah. And more people will understand. They're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I was caught in one too at this age. My mm-hmm. husband would say the same thing. I was caught in it at 18 years old. And like you just said, trauma, you got to figure out how to reframe that in your mindset. Pretty cool. Keep going. And just to to connect that back to the comedy. So what is a stand-up comic? A person with a problem who doesn't want to pay for therapy. (laughs) But in in reality, like I have three life coaches I talk to on average a week. So I very much support good therapy. But in terms of stand-up comedy, what I do is that I talk about difficult subjects, but I do it in a way that's palatable. When when someone's doing doing stand-up comedy, never aim for funny. Aim for truth. Find the funny in the truth, but always aim for the truth. And that's what people will connect with. Yeah. And that's what makes it funny is it's like, oh my gosh, it's so true. Correct. Otherwise you're dealing with like slapstick and knock-knock jokes. So comedy was also one of the ways that I coped with growing up, watching comedy shows and trying to watch family shows that seemed to have the air of function to them because my family was the opposite of functional. And the issues that I dealt with in terms of health were crippling crushing insomnia to the point where it stunted my growth. I had severe insomnia from age six to 18. And, Holy cow. and it stunted my growth. According to my shoe size, the height of my father and the growth tables, I should be four to six inches or so taller than I really am. And uh, that led to other issues as well with this severe insomnia. I was bullied and had a, experienced a lot of physical violence at school to which I was not protected or had any interventions by any teachers, my parents, the community, other quote friends at school, et cetera. I developed two addictions, sugar and video games, chronic joint pain, one from the injuries sustained from violence, the other from sitting all day in front of a television or at a desk and crippling anxiety and depression. And it was not fun. So I decided as a teenager, I have to make a decision if I'm going to continue to be on this realm or if I'm going to uh, not. And I made the decision with the help of a mentor 
to not only stay, but devote my life to natural medicine to help other people who were suffering. Uh, both my parents were medical doctors, actually psychiatrists, and being the son of two psychiatrists in the 80s was not a prescription for health. And I was supposed to be the third generation medical doctor in my family, but my my father is a very famous medical doctor, ironically, in the field of trauma and moral injury. And my grandfather is a very famous medical doctor as well. He actually founded the Fells Cancer Research Center at Temple University. He's the founding director in 1937 until ironically, he died on the operating table in 1963 for medical misadventure. So uh, it's a long, complicated genealogy, but the long story- you're, you're a doctor. You're just not a traditional doctor. Correct. There but was one I, time where a patient was like, you're not a doctor. You've been lying to me this whole time. What do you mean I'm not a doctor? I have a DR in front of my name. I earned the right. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, you're a chiropractor. You're not a doctor. And I said, if that's your mentality, you're going to miss out from some of the best doctors in the world. Yeah. Doctor is old French for teacher. That, yeah. That's that's what it came from. Is doc- and, and the thing is, is like there's doctorates in all sorts of things. There's doctorates in mathematics there's doctorates in physics there's doctorates and and the term doctor is like sports like the technically shuffleboard and rugby are a sport but as far as i could tell that the only commonality between shuffleboard and rugby is breathing that's about <laughs> it so it's the the term and look my mother screamed at me when i told her i wanted to be go to chiropractic school cuz she went to medical school in the late 60s and early 70s when yeah, we're they're crazy we're quacks yeah. So it's, and, and the term quack actually comes from quacksilver, which was when dentists in the United States from Germany came, uh, Germany, or I can't remember which country, but they came over to tell people you should put mercury in your mouth, quacksilver, which was German for mercury. And the American dentist at the time says, you are crazy for wanting to put mercury in people's mouths. You are quacks. Oh, how the times have changed. Yeah, I was like, what happened? Because yeah. now it's just standard care. I know. So again, wordplay to under- to mitigate trauma. Learning the etymology of words is fascinating. That's where you're well, the stand-up comedian. Yes. And uh, it's, it's it, and I hope people do, I, seriously, false modesty aside, I, my comedy is good. I, I really put as much discipline into my comedy writing as I do into my genetics analysis. And I'm ultimately building towards an hour special where I'm going to be talking the first and last 15 minutes is just observational, hilarious comedy. But the middle half hour is going to be educational through a comedic lens of talking about Asperger's and addiction, because I have Asperger's and I overcame two addictions. And these are two topics that aren't really discussed. And in humor, comedy is a Trojan horse for truth. So that's what I'm building towards. It's going to take a while to build to an hour special. If anyone knows the discipline of comedy, you have to delete 90% of everything you ever write because your jokes are not yours. They're the audiences. I may think it's funny, but they tell me if they think it's funny. Right. So anyway, I can talk for hours about comedy. Let's come back to genetics. <laughs> <It's all connected, laughs> promise. So let's talk about genetics like in detail. Like, What are genes? Okay. So the genes in DNA are the equivalent to books in a library. So you've got your cell has a library called the nucleus. In the nucleus, there are shelves called chromosomes. On the chromosomes, there are bands. And these bands are the books on the shelves. And then on the bands, there are genes. And the genes are the recipes that make the proteins. So 
those books are the genes that have the recipes in them. You take a book, you lay it flat. You have one version of the recipe on one page, one version of the recipe on the other page. You got one copy from mom, one copy from dad. So that's what they are. Your, your nucleus has the shelves, has the books. You open the book, lay it flat. You've got the recipe in front of you. You've got a version from mom and version from dad. If you've got two good copies of the recipe, you've got what's called a green dot. If you've got one good, one bad copy of the recipe, you've got this weird average. So it's like a yellow dot, like a traffic light yellow dot. If you've got two bad copies of the recipe, it's a red dot. So if you have two good copies, you get a good recipe. If you've got a one bad, one good, you kind of make this weird hybrid. And it doesn't really come out right. If you've got two bad copies, it's really off. That's the basics of understanding gene variations. So two good copies is a quote green dot, one good, one bad, doesn't matter from which parent. It's a quote yellow dot. You've got two bad copies. It's a red dot. Now to call them good and bad is a bit simplistic for the sake of discussion and ease and time. We'll just say it like that. Now, it doesn't mean that you're doomed because there's a thing called epigenetics where you have a baseline. So I have for the graphic, I took a traffic light and the traffic light has a beam, a cone of light. So like the red traffic light doesn't shoot out like a laser. It shoots out like a cone, like any light source does except for a laser. And it's your starting point. Now, if you have good lifestyle habits, your red dot gene can behave more green-ish if you apply consistent good lifestyle. Your green dot, you just start way ahead. But if you have poor lifestyle, it can behave more red-ish. And if, of course, you have good lifestyle, it can behave super green-ish. So your genes are not your destiny, but they do determine the size of your sandbox that you can play in. So for someone like me who has a lot of red dots on his genetics, which explained one reason why I was so unwell growing up, because I had to this date, when the genetics tests that I run, the specialized tests that I do, I still have the worst number of red and yellow dots of any client I've ever run a genetics test on which explains why I was so unwell. Frankly, when I got my results back, I cried for like an hour. I was so distraught. I felt like the universe was so unfair. And then I snapped out of it. And I was like, wait a minute. Now I actually have an action plan because I know what genes to focus on in terms of lifestyle, diet, nutrition, et cetera. And sure enough, I was, it, it corrected my diet. All my joint pain went away and all these other things corrected themselves once I worked within my genetics. So even if you got a bum roll like me, there's still hope. And I'm going to illustrate genetics in part of the way to describe the difference between two paradigms of healthcare. So we have the traditional model, which is allopathic Western medicine, which is crisis level versus prevention, which is populational statistics versus precision testing. It's a dictator prescription, top-down authority versus service-oriented coaching, mutual empowerment, collaboration. Uh, it's We look at root versus symptom, all these wonderful different methodologies of approach. It's a different philosophy. Now, I don't have anything against traditional medicine as long as it stays in its lane because Western medicine was developed out of military medicine, which is triage medicine for emergency care. If you're on the battlefield, you don't have missing arm disease or bleeding eye disorder. 
You have emergencies that need to be immediately stabilized to save life and limb and function. That is emergency care. That is the philosophy of Western medicine. It is perfect in the emergency room and utterly misapplied to optimization of human function and general well-being and chronic issues. No different than what I do is misapplied if it was put into the emergency room. So I know where my sandbox is and ends, and I really wish the crisis model would recognize where their sandbox begins and ends and not encroach into mine. I don't encroach into theirs. That is such a good way to describe it. I always tell people, if you break your arm, I don't want to see you. That's what the emergency room is for. If you have long-term illness that's not getting better, that's where we can come into play. But better yet, let's prevent the long-term illness even occurring. So yeah, I love the way you said that. Correct. And there's other analogies I've heard, like the fire department versus the general contractor. Fire department gets, if it gets there in time, and doesn't screw up. It will soak down your house and chop down your windows, walls, and doors. And it, if it gets there in time, doesn't screw up, it can save the life of the house, but you don't call back the fire department, you know, with their axes and fire hoses, surgery and drugs to cut down more walls and drown down the house even more just to prevent another fire. You need to call a general contractor, which is a functional medicine practitioner to go in, check the gas line, check the leaky, get the deal with the mold, deal with the everything else so that the house is livable and then optimal. You don't call the fire department every week to soak it down just in case. So with genetics, this is the same paradigm applies. In Western genetics, they are looking at the individual gene, the bad gene, the BRCA2 gene, the cancer gene, the heart disease gene, the diabetes gene, the, the Alzheimer's gene, the stroke gene, okay? Yet functional genetics is looking at the clusters of genes that are the metagenes that trigger the individual disease gene. So I'm looking at things like the inflammatory genes as a whole not chasing after an individual disease, air quotes, disease gene, because it's, if the inflammatory genes get triggered sufficiently over enough period of time, then it will trigger and poke on the individual quote disease genes. So we're looking higher up the stream, more upstream. Uh, Western genetics is looking for pathology. Functional genetics is looking at function, black and white thinking versus the gray space the focus on the disease in Western genetics versus focus on the drivers of disease, inflammation, free radicals, liver detox, vitamin D utilization, cardiovascular circulation, methylation, fat, energy, metabolism. Those are the seven drivers of disease. And we're looking at the genes that surround that. Western genetics is, oh, you've got this gene. You better chop those off or take these drugs. Sorry, life sucks. Pass it on. Versus functional genetics, like here's a lifestyle, diet, nutrition, Here's hope and optimism, epigenetics. Here's how we can empower you. So that's the difference between Western and functional genetics. Then I want to talk about the dubious promise of 23andMe and Ancestry. Um, The dubious promise is you'll have the information you need to know. It'll be an easy list you can implement and be easy to understand. And the reality is something different. Usually overwhelmed. There's no prioritization, no help implementing. There's alarmist, sensationalized results, and you're treated like an algorithm, not a person. Instead, what you want from your genetics test is to not focus on 600 or 6,000 genes. You want to focus on the approximately 100 that, number one, are the genes that influence the main drivers of all diseases, inflammation, free radicals, liver detox, methylation, vitamin D utilization, et cetera. 
you want to make sure the genes have at least 10% variation in the population. So you're not examining some super weird, obscure, ultra, ultra, ultra rare gene. You're looking at really important genes that almost everyone who's suffering has a variation in. You want to look at the genes that are upstream in those main drivers because inflammation has about hundreds of genes that are involved with it. But I want to look at the top 15, the ones that control all the other ones underneath it. And then lastly, you want your genetics tests to work with genes that use peer-reviewed research done on humans, not wombats or nematodes that show the lifestyle and diet alone change the epigenetic expression of those genes. And after all of these criteria, there's about a hundred genes, not a thousand. It's, it's a very small number that fit all four of these criteria. And then when you have the data, then you look at clustering. So for example, on the left is someone with seven cardiovascular genes. Now, and on the right is a person with seven, a different expression. The person on the left has six green and one yellow. The person on the right has six red and yellow, one green. Now, if we were chasing individual genes and we happen to be focusing on that one yellow dot of that cardiovascular person on the left, think, oh my God, there's a yellow dot, they're doomed. As, but wait a minute, when you look at the cluster, it's six greens surrounding that one yellow. I'm not worried about this person's cardiovascular concerns compared to the person on the right, where if I was just looking at that one green dot for cardiovascular, I'll think, oh, he's fine. Whereas there's six red and yellow dots surrounding it. No, that is a person I'm concerned about with blood pressure and cardiovascular integrity. So we look at clustering. We don't chase individual genes. We look for patterns. We don't look at the inflammatory gene. We look at the entire inflammatory pathway as such. So for example, these are the groupings. This is an actual client of mine uh, who had that issue of inflammatory weight gain from over-exercising. And so here are the 15 major inflammatory genes, and they're broken up into three different segments. The genes for initiation of inflammation, the genes for sustaining or propagation of inflammation, and the genes for extinguishing or clearing inflammation. And as you can see, she had patterns and clusters of variations of red and yellow dots for initiation, sustaining, and clearing. And when you have these patterns, these collections of multiple genes of variations in an entire pathway, in her, in her case, the inflammatory pathway, she is prone to hyperinflammation. That's why when she exercised just too much, because she, in her case, she hired a CrossFit enthusiast without talking to me first. And this CrossFit enthusiast had her exercise way too much as they're prone to do. And she starts, she called me in a panic and she's like, I'm putting on weight and my cycle is off and I feel awful. And I don't know what happened because I tried to exercise and just got worse. And we looked at her genes and sure enough, she had this inflammatory pattern and something else. What's really interesting is that her three liver genes for the inflammatory pathway, the CRP genes is the acute phase protein for liver and inflammation, all three of those have a yellow dot. And then we'll see later, her liver genes also had problems with dealing with estrogen. So when her inflammation got ramped up, the reason her cycle went off is because she got so overwhelmed with inflammation, her liver, which was already having a problem dealing with estrogen detox, had to make a choice. And I asked this when I lectured to the lay public, I said, no, no clinicians answer this, just the lay public. I want you to answer this. What's more important for the liver to clear? Inflammation or estrogen. And 100% of the time, everyone says inflammation and they're correct. Okay. So the body's going to triage 
what's more dangerous, inflammation or estrogen? It's the inflammation. So that's why the estrogen got all out of whack when she got inflamed because her liver couldn't detox it properly because her liver got overwhelmed with inflammation. And that's why her cycles went off. Now for men, it's not that their cycles go off, it's that they grow man boobs. So if you've got inflammation plus estrogen toxicity, plus difficulty detoxing estrogen, you get inflammatory water weight gain and the estrogen repositions the fat on your body, specifically where estrogen puts it, namely on the chest. So that's- Everybody's like, oh my gosh, I know so-and-so, they need to go fix their liver. Women, if you're dealing with heavy, painful periods, anywhere along the scope of endometriosis, liver. Yeah. And for men who are dealing with man boobs, it's liver and inflammation, yeah. liver and inflammation. Oh, so, I love this. Keep going. Thank you. I've never actually seen genes like this. This is brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. This is, this is why I love nerding out about this stuff. So there's three types of genetic based weight gain. I'm going to really focus on the main one, inflammatory water weight, because it's the most common and it's the one that people struggle with the most. And I'll touch on the hormonal toxic weight which we kind of touched on a little bit. So just going back to this client of mine, she had the over-inflammation uh, genes. And then when we look at the paradox of fat loss is that inflammation can actually trigger not just water retention, but trigger belly fat. Because inflammation plus estrogen-dosed fat can create belly fat, which then the belly fat creates more inflammation, which then perpetuates the cycle. It says inflammation. And so it just keeps spinning round and round and round and round, creating more belly fat, more inflammation, more, it goes round and round. So with her, we checked her genes. She had all three uh, sectors of her inflammatory cascade, having problems, initiation, propagation, and extinguishing. Plus she had in her eight major liver detox genes, she had major genes that affect estrogen clearance. Now people are watching this. Don't read the fine print or the strange hieroglyphics describing the exact gene variants like CYP1A1, et cetera, et cetera. Don't, don't get lost in that. Don't even read the fine print. Just look at the red circles and the big bold letters put next to it, estrogen and caffeine metabolism, estrogen metabolism, estrogen metabolism, inflammation and free radicals. So if you have liver genes or hormonal detox genes that are compromised plus inflammatory genes, you're going to get all these extra complications like the hormone imbalance for the female clients or the man boobs for the male clients. So what we did is that I didn't give her one set of lifestyle changes per gene. What I did instead is that I found the lifestyle based on the research, which is the fewest number of lifestyle changes that beneficially help the most number of important genes. So it's like, what is the one thing that will help 10 out of the 15 rogue genes? What's the one thing that will help nine? What's the one thing that will help 15? And so I want to rank order the fewest number of lifestyle changes so they can just, they just start from the top. What's the fewest number of things I can do to help me the most instead of some 23andMe nonsense where I'm just said, here, you've got to do 300 health tips. Good luck. It's nonsense, you know? So you got to rank order it. So this is her rank order. Don't copy this and do this on yourself because that's her, okay? So this is her, you know, she needed specialized nutrients like sulforaphane and SOD inducers. She needed some more omega-3s. She needed more vitamin D than normal. She needed to avoid smoking, both active, passive, as well as pollution. 
Uh, she needs to uh, literally in the research, right? There's avoid overtraining. It's like right there, avoid overtraining right there in black and white. So I've I told gave, people before, like you're literally training your body to death. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I really am planting a flag in the ground of people need to stop overtraining. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a whole, how to do that. That's a whole other separate discussion. So with when she implemented this, her muscle tone returned, her weight normalized, her cycles normalized. When I worked with my man boob clients, okay, drop the weight off the chest, drop the pain in the joints, normalize their weight. Okay. It's the results aren't. You, you mean it's not like RA or osteoporosis or something you can do? Well, about it, 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 it can be. There's, there's, I've had cases where they had both, but first things first, if someone has pain in their joints and they're overweight and they're struggling, like we get dropped the inflammation and the inflammation may be triggering the autoimmunity as well. So it's hyperinflammation, chronic, you know, robust and chronic inflammation can manifest as all sorts of things, all sorts yeah. of things. And at the same time. So, but when we're looking at root cause interventions, Inflammation is at the top of the list of things that we can look at that can help with nearly everything. So there's other things involved in genetics as well that I want to just touch on briefly. It's not just achieving your natural weight. Like I, when I run genetics, I run them as like several profiles all at once. The achieve your natural weight profile, the find your ideal diet profile, understand your trigger foods. And then there's an immunity profile that looks at vitamin D and other immunity support genes. Now, I want to address the, we talked about weight and not everyone's weight, not everyone's concern is weight, but the same principles apply to people who want to stop the clock with the effects of aging, if they're concerned about longevity, health, and well-being, or they want to just future-proof their brain. The next genetics test to look at is finding your ideal diet. What is your carb tolerance? We can now genetically determine, are you a keto paleo, Mediterranean, or high-carb diet. You can now genetically determine that. I was eating the most Portlandia Mediterranean diet ever. I knew the names of the chickens, the quinoa, you know, I'm joking here, but the quinoa was picked by high tenor monks on the harvest moon, you know, and then shipped over by butterfly and everything was sprouted and sung to in high tone, blah, blah, blah. All right. It was perfect diet. Yet I still was having terrible digestive problems, embarrassing digestive problems, fluctuating energy levels. When I ran my genetics, it turned out I have the second lowest carb tolerance you can have. I have the equivalent, basically the carb tolerance of an Inuit. All right. And I was having way too many carbs. The quality was perfect, but the quantity was not. So within one week. You didn't know that until you ran your own genetics and got personalized to you. Correct. So within one week, one stinking week of changing my diet correctly, my digestive problems of 20 plus years went away because I was now eating within my genetic paradigm. So for me, like the visual, if you have two copies of this genome, this is not variations. This is different from 23andMe and Ancestry. This is the number of duplicates of the gene. The gene that spits out the enzyme to break down carbohydrates, if you've got two of them, you get 2x the enzyme. If you've got 20, you get 20x the enzyme. So it scales. So if I'm a two, I can't, I don't have the genetic grunt of someone with eight, nine, 10, of those copies of genes, I can't break down the carbs. So once I modified, you know, you got, you know, the people with low numbers, they're keto to paleo, moderate is Mediterranean, higher carbs are high carbs. I cannot emphasize how important 
how important this test is for people's long-term health. To know their actual diet based on genes is one of the most important things that people could ever learn about their genetics. Then there's the trigger foods. We're learning your relationship to caffeine, lactose, gluten, alcohol, uh, salt, and now more recently, they've added histamine and other food allergens. And the big surprise for me was that I was a red dot in caffeine and I would get caffeine-induced anxiety and depression. doesn't matter how bulletproof I made my coffee, how much coconut oil or MCT oil put in, caffeine made me jittery, anxious, and depressed. It didn't matter how much oil I stuffed in that thing. And that changed my life. This particular test, 80% of the time, there's one finding that radically changes people's life and diet forever. The other 20% of the time, they have two or more, or they find that there's nothing significant. But 80% of the time, there's at least one finding that radically changes people's diet. Then there's the vitamin D absorption genes. And this is, vitamin D is very important, but it's not just about taking it, it's about using it, absorbing it. Now, getting vitamin D from sunshine is only half the story, or even from supplements and food, but getting it into your cells is another. And what I found is that people like me who have two red dots and their two main vitamin D receptors really struggle with chronic health issues. I have found I've had only one client ever who had a chronic issue that had two green dots in their VDR receptors. One ever. Everyone else, the majority were reds, the others are a couple of yellow yellows. And lastly, there's the immunity genes that are obviously very important in this day and age. Can I stop you real quick, sure. Sam? Go back to that vitamin D one. Sure. I'm a huge proponent of vitamin D and supplementation. Yeah. And people are always asking me like, well, I live in the Caribbean. I'm always outside in the sun. That's Why nice. is my vitamin D at 36? Okay. So and there's eight one major of the reasons. There's eight major genes between sunlight and synthesizing, getting into the blood. And then there's other genes that actually get the vitamin D into the cells. So the genes I'm talking about is getting the vitamin D into the cells. There's eight other major genes that are between the sunlight and your blood. And yeah. there's, a, there's a great app called D-Minder, like Reminder, but D-Minder. And you just put in like your location, time of day, uh, your the amount of skin exposure you have in the sun, the time you're out in the sun, and it can give you an algorithm of how much you're getting. But sunlight is only one mechanism. Like I used to live in New Zealand. And you only got the UVB, the UV light you need to actually convert, you know, sunlight into vitamin D. You only get that in the summer months and only from 11 to three during the summer months, assuming you're outside and have your skin exposed. So it's, yeah. it's not as simple as people just getting sunlight. So finishing up, you know, there's the genetic, getting genetics for yourself, getting them as a package altogether. And once you do this test once, you have your, your genes from this particular organization, you have this for life and you have your recommendations because your genes don't change over time. And it's appropriate for anyone who, who's either chronically unwell, just wants to stay the same, or people who are as, you know health aspirants, the entrepreneurs, the biohackers, the high-performance people, genetics can apply to everyone. So what I encourage people to do is if you want to know more, I've got lots of information on my website, drsamshay.com. I have an ebook that's available on there as well. Just scroll, you'll find it. Uh, and then I've also got a big YouTube channel with my stand-up comedy and lots of genetics videos. Nice. Okay. 
I'm like, I've never been into genetics. And now I'm thinking, what am I thinking? I need to start looking into genetics. That was brilliant. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And if you're thinking, oh my heck, genetics are phenomenal. Maybe I should start looking into them like myself because I've really never cared about it until that presentation. That was very well done. And uh, definitely go check out Dr. Sam on his website at Dr. Sam D-R-S-A-M-S-H-A-Y.com backslash genetics is a great tool to begin with. So enjoy. Feel empowered? Loved this episode? Help others find it by leaving a review. It's the best compliment I can receive. Then take your learning one step farther and discover what your normal labs really tell you by downloading the free cheat guide and register for the next three-day live challenge. Do it all at drkylieburton.com. Remember, there's a cheat guide and a three-day live challenge for those of you with medical background too. Take your practice beyond the diagnosis with your free downloads and challenge at drkylieburton.com. This podcast is sponsored by Systemic Formulas, Nutribiome, and Terra Consulting, Inc. Systemic Formulas is the supplement company I trust with my patients and family. Everybody can join them on Instagram at Systemic Formulas Institute. Practitioners jump inside their Facebook group. It's called Systemic Formulas Clinical Nutrition. Once inside the group, search my name and you'll discover videos on labs, supplements, and business tools. It's all free. See you on the inside. Are you a practitioner ready to uplevel your online presence? Tara is your girl. She is a brilliant mind behind my entire platform, my practice, and the BTD mastermind. From writing the copy to building the technical back end of my website to marketing strategy, I highly recommend you let her take your dream and make it a reality, just as she did for me. Get started here at Tara Consulting Inc. Dot com. That's T-E-R-R-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G-I-N-C dot com. Be back next week.